0: Welcome to the Million Dollar Body Podcast with your host, Nate Palmer. Welcome back to another episode of the Million Dollar Body Podcast. I'm your host, Nate Palmer, here with the illustrious Jason Archer. Jason is an entrepreneur, owns several businesses, most recently the founder of Hardwater One, and he's a student and a teacher of self-mastery. Jason, thank you so much for being with us today.
1: Man, I'm I'm honored to be here. I I like the word illustrious. That that's a big one. $64 word for sure.
0: Thank you so much. Yeah. (laughs) So let's let's jump right in, Jason. Let's get to the heart of the matter. How many inches around would you say your biceps are?
1: You know, I just measured. I'm right at 14 inches. And (laughs) I have a target this year actually to add an inch. Really? Yes. That it's kind of funny that you asked me that question. Yeah. That's literally Mm -hmm. one of my written targets.
0: Oh, Just I love that.
1: Add an inch to my upper arm. That,
0: so, yeah. that is such a noble goal because I think that a lot of people these days are like, well, I don't want to get too big and too muscular, but getting an inch on your biceps feels fantastic.
1: Well, especially, uh, you know, coming from the CrossFit world where curls are sacrilegious, right? You're not supposed, right. to, do, not supposed to do any upper arm work. It's not functional until no. you can do pull-ups or pick anything up. You know?
0: <laughs> so, and, yeah. and you would know, you do own a CrossFit gym, CrossFit North Phoenix.
1: Yep. I'm a partner uh, in CrossFit North Phoenix. Been in that business now for about four, four and a half years. And uh, it's been a ride, that's for sure. Lots of ups and downs in the gym world.
0: Yeah, I believe that. So in addition to owning or being a partner in a CrossFit gym, you also have a couple other businesses that you've started along the way. So you're definitely an entrepreneur, an entrepreneurial spirit, right?
1: Serial entrepreneur. Yeah, I've been making my own money since 2003. I've had about five or six different businesses slash partnerships. I've got some passive investments in real estate. I've got some active investments in real estate. Um, And over the course of the years, I've just learned that that's the only way that works for me. Like I'm just not a good employee. I don't like being told what to do. So for me, I have to figure out a way to make my own money. And that makes sense for me.
0: I love that. And that's not, that's not the right path for everyone. Being an entrepreneur requires a lot of different skill sets, requires you to put on a lot of different hats, especially like you said, you've got some real estate investments, you partner in a gym, you're you have your, a marketing company. These are all mm. totally different sectors. Right. So how, do you, how do you keep yourself focused on, on building out each one individually when there's so many different pieces to each thing?
1: Uh, you work with people who compliment you, you know, so in the gym, for example, my role is marketing, so I'm not really doing anything outside of my normal, um, you know, I would say skill set in that business. Uh, Early on, I took on some mentorship roles. My partners were new to business, so I took on the mentorship role and I kind of brought them into being and, and brought them into the entrepreneurial world, taught them some finance things, taught them some projections, you know, taught them how to set goals, but I mean, I've taught them all that I can. At this point, they're kind of running with it on their own and I'm back into the marketing seat, which is good for me, feels good.
0: That's awesome. So in, in those different roles, what are you doing to stay focused and keep yourself on task when there's obviously a lot of different things you can be doing at any given moment?
1: Yeah, so this is a hard one for me. I'm not the best guy when it comes to focus. Uh, I'll be very brutally honest about this. I get shiny object syndrome. I get distracted. So for me, I have to turn things off. Like, um, you know, we were talking about this uh, podcast and you had texted me the link to jump on and and then you called me and you're like, dude, where you at? I'm like, well, I didn't even know because all my notifications on my phone are turned off. Like the only reason I even knew is because my headset told me that you were calling, but I don't have any notifications on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, none of that crap. Um, my ringer is always turned off. You know, and I keep my circle really small. So for me, like, I want to focus and and gain mastery in a particular area. And right now, that is for me building uh, quality relationships with people who are doing shit and focusing on my ability to bring awareness and attention and eyeballs to the businesses that I'm a part of. So outside of that, the rest of it is just noise. And I do my best to limit that just by unplugging as much as possible.
0: I love that. I love what you said about keeping your circle really small and not listening to a ton of different people, because I've definitely suffered from the shiny object syndrome as well. What are some like besides turning off notifications on your phone? What are some other strategies you found effective in eliminating the noise and getting done what you need to do?
1: Okay, so this is something that I struggled with for a long time, a long time, and I still struggle with it. I'm not completely immune. I don't think anyone is. Um, I'm a creator. I'm a creative spirit at heart. I've always been a creator. I like learning how something works. I like taking things apart and putting them back together. You know, right now I've, I've got my dirt back apart in the garage, you know, and it's just a big science project to me. It's something I enjoy. Um, I enjoy this this ability to, to sort of take something that's shit and make it shiny, you know, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. It, it gives me a sense of accomplishment and a, a good sense of confidence about myself. And there are people in the world who, you know, aren't necessarily in tune with seeing you be happy about your achievements or really aren't genuinely happy when you do achieve, no matter how big or small. And you can sense it from them no matter what they say. So for me, I'm constantly looking at someone's body language. I'm constantly looking at how the body language lines up with the words. And I'm looking at how they're communicating as a as a spirit, not necessarily as words, and those people, I keep at a, an extreme distance. I don't care what they say. it doesn't enter into it. so for the for me, the people I listen to the most, my wife, my partners, people who have something uh, people who have a vested interest in what we're creating, people who have something at stake, those are the people based on human incentive who will be there for you and will help carry the load and help pick you up when you're feeling like shit. Because, I mean, honestly, I've been creating lots of content around mindset. You know, those of you guys who've been following, following along, some of you guys will text me privately, but it doesn't get a lot of public play. So if I was the type of person who was worried about being, you know, oh shit, I'm not getting the play that I want, then I would stop going down the path that I know I need to go down to become a better writer, to become a better speaker because I'm not getting that you know, that sort of feedback that says, hey, keep doing this. Hey, keep doing this. Become part of the consensus. That's not who I am. That's never been who I am. So for me, it's about just taking the words of those close in that really tight knit circle. People who have vested interests, who have something at stake, have skin in the game. They are the only people who matter.
0: That's awesome. I think that's just so important because it's easy to get caught up in doing what is hot or trendy or trying to go for likes rather than actually creating quality content and you're a machine, Jason, you put out so much content Um, last year. you went, you put out a a micro blog on Instagram Mm -hmm. every single day, correct?
1: Every single day on Instagram. And then I duplicated over on Facebook, um, with some originals thrown in um, podcasts, videos, um, all of that thrown into it. But yeah, 365 days plus of original content every single day.
0: Are you still, are you still like every single day putting out a single, uh, a microblog?
1: Yeah, every single day. And now that, um, you know, we're building out hard water, I'm adding that into the mix as well. And I'm adding more live videos into the hard water one group. So, um, the content load for me has, has actually gone up by about 300%. (laughs) And that's something that uh, I'm struggling with, uh, managing because obviously it's just me, um, I don't necessarily have a team around me following me around with a video recorder, you know, um, you know, watching yes. me get in my Lamborghini and, and say, Oh, well I'll put this on Facebook for you later. That's not how it works. So, I mean, just the sheer time it takes to like think creatively, put it into words and then make it impactful. Um, man, it's, it's been a real challenge, but it's something that has caused me to grow tremendously. And, um, it's brought people like yourself into my life. People like Brianne, into my life. um, And it's caused me to want to stretch, to want to expand. And that's really what drives me at the end of the day. I don't want to be the same person I was yesterday. So if it takes me doing, you know, three, four hours of content each day, and I have to forego an hour of sleep, then I'll do that.
0: I like that. And I like that because you've you've set your intentions, you've made your priorities, and you're acting accordingly. And I know we had a conversation on Facebook the other day about your legacy and how you want to live in in harmony with the legacy you'd like to create. Mm-hmm. And that involves sometimes taking uncomfortable, uncomfortable actions, that massive action. Like you said, cutting out an hour of sleep, if that's what it takes to get to what your goals are.
1: 100%, 100%. I mean, the, you know, it's funny uh, that you bring this up because uh, Christine and I had this running, Christine and my wife, we had this running conversation about what it means to be committed. And so when I asked her to marry me, which I didn't want to necessarily get married, I was already committed to her, right? She wanted to get married, right? And in her mind, she called it the ultimate commitment. So in her mind, she was thinking in degrees of commitment. And I'm thinking there's only committed or not. Yeah, you're on or off. You're binary, you know? You're a switch on a microprocessor. You're open or you're closed, right? That's it. There's no degree. So if you want to go after something, you know, you have to go into it with that type of commitment. I think 100% is easier than 99 at the end mm-hmm.
0: of the day. Yeah, I love that. That's fantastic. So real quick, what's your, uh, I'll, I'll put this in the show notes as well, but what's your Instagram handle in case we want to catch up with you and see these, some of these awesome microblogs you're putting together.
1: Yeah. So, uh, in the, in the seventies, when I was born, there were a myriad of dudes named Jason Bourne. <laughs> <laughs> Jason Bourne. Uh, so, uh, I use my initials. So it's j.c.archer. Archer. That's my personal Instagram. And then, of course, you can hit up Hardwater as well, which is H-E-R-D-W-O-D-D-E-R. So either one of those, you'll find me. The personal one is where I'm most active at the moment.
0: Cool. So what's your big project that you're working on right now, Jason? I know you've got a, something, something hot coming down the pipeline.
1: Yeah. And how would you know about that, Nate? I'm just really curious. How would you know about that?
0: Well, it's something that's close, near and near to my heart as well. and something <laughs> I'm super pumped to talk about.
1: Yeah, for sure. So without getting too newscastery about it, like the reality for me is I want to spend time with people who give a shit about living their best life. I mean, plain and simple. And everywhere I go, I see mediocrity. I see people not put the cart back at the store. I see people throw trash in their car or on the sidewalk or whatever the case may be. I see people not pick up after themselves, like basic things like... You know, just little things that we can do each day to honor our possessions and honor ourselves and honor the way we show up in the world. For me, like, I hate that. It smacks of mediocrity, and everything in me just wants to kill mediocrity. So, right now, that's the whole mission behind Hard Water is to bring people into the fold and surround myself with people who really want to create mastery in their life and create total wellness around that. Because at the end of the day, it's one thing to be fit. You know it's something else to actually be well and and people don't really understand what that is Um, and there's a study actually going on right now out of stanford talking about wellness i think it's called uh, the wellness project ironically enough and they've identified 10 domains of wellness and of those 10 domains we've sort of packaged them up in a triad or series of triads in the hard water documentation and we can go into that more in the group more in depth but um, it's really a study, and what does it take to be the best version of you? It's not just physical, it's not just mental, it's not just your spirituality, in other words, your way you connect with people around you. It's the sum total of all that, it's what all that creates, and it's really not well understood. So, we're on a mission to figure that out and to surround myself with people who care about the same thing.
0: Mm-hmm. I love it, and I'm really excited also to be involved in the process because I. I kind of came into this maybe a little differently than you did. I started off as a personal trainer and I really found my love of self mastery through the physical side before I kind of embraced the mental side and the spiritual side and just like the holistic wellness you're talking about. But um, once I kind of got got a taste for what you can actually accomplish when you're devoted to killing mediocrity, devoted to becoming better on every single day. I, there was no there's no stopping. There's no ending point. It's it's 1% better on a daily basis So mm-hmm. can you talk a little bit about like how you got how you came into this mindset?
1: Yeah, absolutely for me, I shouldn't be where I am Honestly, I should not be I was born on the wrong side of the tracks literally in rural Georgia like I literally grew up um, you know in a tiny little cracker box of a house um, the power, you know, would go out in the wintertime and we would literally heat water over a furnace in the floor. And I mean, this is the type of thing that, you know, when you when you see that sort of start, you wouldn't think, okay, well, he's going to end up owning multiple properties, multiple businesses, moving out West. Because the reality of it is, is everyone who comes out of that environment gets married at 18. They've got three or four kids by the time they're 28. And that's it. You get fat, you hate each other. And then you die. That, that's that's the path. And I mean, I don't, you know, I don't have disdain for it. I understand it because I come from it. But that's not what I ever wanted for myself. I always wanted more. And coming to, coming to Arizona, I came to Arizona to chase opportunity. My uncle was a fairly smart and wealthy guy, and he had built a, a, a fairly large business. I think at its height, it was doing around six million a month. And so I didn't really know him. Um, but I was able to get in contact with his uh, CEO at the time and I interviewed with him for a position and I came out here and I came out here doing any job that that they would allow me to do just to be close to the activity. I wanted to just sit at the feet of people doing more stuff than me and I was running collections, I was delivering furniture, anything I could do to be close to that and I slowly just kind of worked my way up the ladder um, and got into IT, got into audit, you know, learned a little bit of, of what happens behind the scenes in a business, um, met a girl, bought a house, and um, that relationship went to shit pretty quick because neither of us really had the tools. But a friend of mine, uh, his mother was uh, putting on a, I don't really, it wasn't really a seminar, it's more like a presentation around uh, the Psy seminar work that's happening here in the Valley. And so I went and I sat through it and it made a lot of sense but I had so many money programs running, like there's not enough, you know, there's just, you know, I I can't buy into anything. I mean, who would spend money on this kind of garbage? Like, it doesn't make any sense to me. I had so many money programs going, I didn't take advantage and and go into that seminar. But I went home later, and I got a call from her a couple days later, and she's like, well, we can get you in at two for one. And because I was such a cheap bastard, like so scarcity-minded, you know, I was like, okay, well, we're going to do it. You know, Karen and I, we're going to go, my ex and I, we're going to go, we're going to do this thing um, because we can go two for one. And that changed my in, the entire course of my life, that one course, that one weekend course. And from that course, I went to all the advanced courses and got into personal development heavy. This was probably around 2005-ish or so, 2000, yeah, around 2005 or so. And from there, from then on out, it was learning about psychology. It was learning about how I show up in the world. It was learning about my limiting beliefs. It was learning how other people saw me versus how I saw myself. And it was learning to step into my own power. And all of these things have been evolving for me over a long period of time because I'm a slow learner. So at the end of the day, like I have to practice this stuff day in and day out, or it doesn't, it it goes away. You know, it's like kind of like a shower. It doesn't last forever. So at the end of the day, you know, I've always got my my nose stuck into something around this. I'm looking for the next thing. And I'm always looking for a way that I can better myself, even a small amount from the day before. And one simple way of doing that is just being consistent. You know, so for me, like when you mentioned writing, I write consistently every day. Every day this is one more, you know, it's one more piece of content that I didn't have. I bettered myself, right? I do uh, burpees every morning to start the day. You know, I'll do a few extra ones. You know, just little things like that, right? So that when I, when I get up and I walk out the door, I've already picked myself up off the ground like 40 times. Right? Like, it doesn't matter if I get knocked down. I'm, I can pick myself up. I right? guess psychologically, I'm telling myself to get up. That's why I love, bur- love about burpees, right? Okay. But at the end of the day, that's what started it all for me. And um, when I went into this awareness of not realizing, like, my money programs, like how much scarcity I was carrying with me, And I own this, but I couldn't see it inside myself. Right. That is a total mindfuck. It's like, okay, there's things about me. I can't see someone else can see this, but I cannot see it. So that in and of itself, background, hundred percent. So, you know, knowing that I know I've only scratched the surface of some of the programming that's running around in my brain. That's holding me back.
0: I love that. There's a couple of things about that. I want to jump back into first of all, you said something that really stuck out to me. You said, I wanted to put myself at the feet of people who were doing more than me. And, mm-hmm. and like, if that's, that's a, just a nugget that I want to, you know, get into a little bit more because I think that that's such a great mindset. And that one that I don't see very often people, because we live in such an age of like the Instagram, look at me, look at me, look how great I am, where people don't necessarily humble themselves enough to be like, I'm not where I'd like to be. You are where I'd like to be Like, don't just tell me what to do. Let me like, let me be around you, you know? And that really comes back to you said, you keep your circle really small, which is, which is great. And it also allows you to have opportunities like this to sit at the feet of the masters.
1: 100%. Yeah. I mean, I really feel that one. I mean, I got a little misty as you were saying it back to me. Um, I, uh, I spent a large part of my life thinking I knew everything right And um, so for me to go into that mindset of, well, I don't necessarily have to know this shit, right? In fact, it's okay if I don't because I I can have confidence in my ability to learn it. Right? That is meaningful to me because that is a complete 180 from how I grew up. Like my environment as a kid was very uncertain. So I created certainty by being a know-it-all, right? That's how people from my past know me. That anyone from, you know, like my teenage years and down, that's how they know me, you know? So when I see these people in the present, I'm a completely different person and they don't even recognize me. So having the ability to sit at the feet of someone and literally take the pressure off myself and say, look, you know what? It's not even necessary for me to know this because other people do it and I can ask questions Mm -hmm. and you know what? I'm worthy enough for them to give me an answer.
0: Yeah. I love that. My dad said something one time to me that really, that I've really kept in the back of my mind that just, I think is so empowering. He said, Nate, if one man can do it, another can as well. Essentially. And, and like kind of relating back, like you didn't just go and ask for advice. You went and you took on collections, you delivered furniture, you did, you did the menial tasks that were required of you to, to maintain your seat at the table.
1: Yeah. So it was-
0: awesome, so powerful, Jason.
1: Dude, it was uh, it was an interesting experience, that's for sure. I think I've crawled through every uh, slum and housing project and trailer park across the southern border of the United States, the East Coast. It's it was it was a journey, right? Eye-opening experience. Mm-hmm. But you know, learning that, like learning that, you know, what if if this is what I want to do, then this is one of the prices that could be paid. I'm not saying this was the only path because it wasn't, but this was the path that was obvious to me, right? And so I took it, and you know, being of limited experience at that time in my life, like in my early 20s, I didn't really know that much about the world. You know, I jumped on that opportunity because I saw it could propel me to other things. And I think that, you know, one of the things that is, is so heinous, um, that floats around most people's minds is, you know, they see an opportunity, but for whatever reason, there's some sort of barricade in their mind that prevents them from stepping toward it. And for whatever reason in me, I was just never satisfied with what I had. So whatever barrier was thrown my way, I just didn't care. I'm like, move to North Carolina. Okay, move to Virginia. Okay, move to Southern California. Okay, move to, you know, Arizona. Okay, whatever, you know, where I have to go to find the thing that I needed to find to get to where I needed to be. I said, yes. And here I am.
0: That's awesome. And that's one thing I'm really, I really love about the Hardwater One project. And specifically this event we're putting on the end of, end of March and I don't claim to be a master of, of self-development and these sorts of things. I'm definitely on my own journey as, as we all are. Mm-hmm. But I think that, you know, kind of with, with your skills and the skills of the other, the other partners in this, it's just going to be, it's providing such a unique way of harnessing some of those things that you're talking about and getting to the next level of your development, taking that next step to jump past those obstacles. And so I'm just I'm so pumped to be on this journey with you, with Brianne, with Christina and creating some some stuff that I think is going to be extremely impactful for not just for not just the people that we are serving, but for ourselves as well. You know, I feel like I've grown a lot just since since we've been working on this.
1: Oh, totally. I learn from you every time we talk. Um, You have you have a great uh, way of presenting ideas, I think, um, and you have a great energy about you. And, and I pick up on that every time we speak. I like, I want to match that. I want to model that, right? I want to bring part of that into my life. And, you know, the Hardwater Project is about alignment more than anything. I, you know, people say, oh, I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. You know, I'm going to get up at five. I'm going to hit the gym. I'm going to, you know, run five miles, whatever the thing is, I'm going to build a business. People say it all day long, but doing it is a completely different animal and it doesn't get done in one day. You don't wake up tomorrow and not having run and say, I'm going to run five miles. No, you might go a quarter mile before you have to stop. Right. But the next day you get up and you go 800 meters instead of 400 meters. Right. And the next thing you know, you've got a mile under your belt, but it's getting through that part of sucking that people don't want to deal with. Right. And I know when I put out a video, Hey, you know what? It's a rep for me. That's what it is. It's a rep. I don't expect to get accolades. I expect to get a rep. And if I get some notifications from people who are interested or who, who were impacted, it's icing on the cake. It's not the determining factor of whether or not I, f- I do it again. Mm-hmm. Right?
0: The determining that.
1: factor of whether I do it again is I fucking committed to doing it. Right? So, hardware is about that. You know, the mind body spirit connection is, a, is about alignment. Right? Mm-hmm. Do I live into my beliefs? You know, do I live into my word? Do I show integrity? You know, that's really what it comes down to.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally, I love that so much. And I, I love getting to the point, especially with clients, um, where you can align their goals and their actions. So like, for mm-hmm. example, some, someone will come to me and be like, hey, I have this big goal. I want to get this six pack before spring vacation." Mm-hmm. And I go, okay, well, that goal costs X, Y, and Z. Are you prepared to pay that? and then you know actually getting people to say that is too expensive for me right now mm-hmm. i cannot commit to five time a week workouts i cannot commit to prepping my food on sundays and you mm-hmm. go okay that's totally fine what can you commit to and here's what that's going to equate to so getting people to kind of come into alignment as as kind of as you were describing and that's why i think that i love the like the the fitness and entrepreneurship as as like they're, they're just great perfect metaphors for each other like you said, you don't, you don't wake up in the morning and run five miles. It's your first time. Dude. You don't, you, you don't wake up after five Instagram posts with, a, with a, a tremendous following.
1: Yes, sir. Bless you. May your tribe increase. You're 100% on, and that's exactly it, right? Like, um, there are things we want, but the things that we want cost something, right?
0: Everything, costs, everything good costs something.
1: Costs something. Exactly. So the question is, are you going to negotiate the price, or are you going to pay the price? That's it. You know, I didn't want to do 45 burpees this morning. I did it, you know,
0: because that's in alignment with your ultimate goal.
1: That's in alignment with my consistency that I've created for myself every day. I can't walk out into the world and say, Hey, you know, Nate, you need to be consistent. If I'm not doing it that myself, right. Or wifey, you know, you need to be consistent if I'm not doing that. I mean, what kind of witness would I be for my own belief system? That'd be pathetic.
0: And you can't, honestly, you just can't tell anyone anything. 100% like because people are going to do what they're going to do no matter what so the best thing you could possibly be be doing is getting up in the morning and doing those 45 burpees in alignment with your goals because then people are going to see that and they're not going to believe it and then you're going to do it for a month and then they're still not going to believe it and they're going to hope you fail And then you're going to do it for two months and then a year later when you've done 40 burpees over 365 days people are going to be like wow jason is in ridiculous shape how did he get there what program are you on (laughs)
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's funny. I did the math last year. Last year I did uh, 30 burpees every morning, mm-hmm. um, every day as part of my morning routine. So when you do the math, it's like 10,950 burpees. Okay, so I did 10,950 burpees outside of the gym. That doesn't count what happened in the gym, right? That's just to start the day um, and to get the heart rate going, right? But I did it for that very purpose. I wanted to get my heart rate up. I wanted to breathe. I think there's a lot of connection that happens when you breathe in your environment. And it sort of connects me with everything that's happening. Right. And in that space, I feel more productive. I feel more accomplished. And no matter what happens, no one can take that win away from me because I did it. Right. I had one win today. You know, the, the first things I do in the morning, I make up my bed, I brush my teeth and I write down something that I'm grateful for. And I've been doing that for the gratefuls for 510 days consistently. I, I number them every single day. And I do those three things because that starts my winning cycle for the morning. And I know if I can start the day with wins, then I can continue the day with wins. And then before you know it, you've got confidence in yourself winning. So when I go and I do something that's hard for me, like a Facebook live video or something like that, I'm like, well, you know what? Maybe I win, maybe I don't. But either way, I get it done, so I'm going to count that a win, right? It takes me into the unknown, the things that are scary. And I take some confidence into that, even though I can't take 100% confidence into that. And I can go into the unknown for a little while, the scary part, be there, experience that, and then I can go to the other side and be, okay, cool, got it done.
0: I love that. That's so awesome. A um, thing about your morning routine that I like is that you have a routine structured into your day. That, that's, it's great, obviously, making the bed up. That's, a, that's been talked about in terms of like the first thing you do in the day. But what mm-hmm. I love about you have four steps that you don't have to think or make any decisions. You mm-hmm. walk through those steps, you get four wins right in a row without having to turn your brain on at all and make any sort of hard choice because it's already what you do. And then you, you step into a Facebook Live. And one thing that's helped me out with that is especially when I'm kind of nervous or not feeling great is I just think, no one's gonna watch this, it doesn't matter. <laughs> and whether that's true or not, you know, like you said, it's a rep, you get a rep in and then if you yeah. get a pat on the back, awesome. If no one cares, Also awesome. Doesn't matter.
1: That's it. That's it. It's about you, right? It's about your personal expansion. And I think, um, when, you know, when I make it about other people, what I'm really doing is I'm making about my own ego, right? That's the bad thing. And ego doesn't just show up as bravado. Ego shows up as fear. Ego shows up in a lot of different ways, right? So fears, um, anxiety, that's just you fearing a future, that may or may not come to be. And your fragile ego is like, no, we need to be protected. But no, that's bullshit. You got to step outside of that. Right. And so get into those places. Facebook lives are great for this because you know, once you, once you hit the button, man, you're going like, you gotta go. Right. It's just go, it's go time. Let's see what happens. Let's see what comes out. Right. And so I think uh, more people should do those and and just kind of there'd be more of an appreciation for that. It's one easy thing that you can do um, to tell someone what you're thinking and how you're feeling and you don't have to leave your house. you just, grab your phone and go to town next thing, you know, you've done something uncomfortable. You've grown because of it. Boom. You're on to the next
0: thing. Yeah. Like you said, just keep stacking up those wins in your day. And that's how you start like building that momentum, right? You don't have to win at fitness. Like, like, you know, you don't have to get your 10,000 burpees in a day. That's right. That's impossible. Or not a, maybe not impossible, but that's like some David Goggins esque shit. <laughs> yeah, but
1: it's definitely some Goggins stuff right there.
0: You break that up into little pieces and you accomplish it. How do you eat an elephant, right? A mm-hmm. little bite at a time. That's amazing.
1: Hundred percent, man. Hundred yeah, percent.
0: I just love that attitude so much, and I and that's how I know, Jason, that you are not done yet.
1: That's right. Not that's my right. Long shot. I'm not done yet. That's it. I'm just getting started, man. That's how I feel. Heck you know. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, you know, you go back through and you can read all the success literature and I mean, there's a certain amount of experience required before it's success comes. Um, granted, you see it happen fast for a few small select, you know, populations of people. We've had a lot of that happening in the tech world uh, because we've had an explosion of the microprocessor, which has probably changed the world more than any other invention in the history of the world. Um, And there are people early who jumped in there and and made money really quickly. But the real money is made after the fall. So same thing with this, like you get in, you get your ass kicked, like you start learning about yourself, you get your ass kicked, you have a fall. This is where the learning happens, right? After the fall. Now what? You learn something about yourself. You couldn't run five miles today, or you couldn't be consistent with your routine seven days in a row. What did you learn about you? You learned about your priorities. You learned about your mentality. You learned about how you're showing up. You learned about the excuses you would accept and you learned about what you would negotiate and what you wouldn't, right? And in that place, that's what sets you up to create that momentum because now you can start creeping back up that hill. Maybe next time you go from three days of consistency, you go to five days of consistency. Now your hill is bigger, right? And the whole idea is just to keep stacking wins on the hill and make it as big as possible.
0: Mm-hmm. And in that time period, when you, when you do, when you do fall, that's when my, that's when you can use my, like my favorite question ever is now what? Mm. And I love that question too, because it's, it cuts through the, like you're saying the ego, It cuts through whatever's happened in the past. It cuts through what you think someone said about you or how you're feeling about a thing, it cuts through the feelings and gets into the action. Okay. What are you going to do now? Mm. And it puts, it puts it right back on you to either rise up or go sit on the couch like a sad sack of shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's exactly it, man. I mean, you hit the nail on the head with it. I mean, um, what's the quote about a man crucifying himself between two thieves? You know, regret for the past and fear of the future. Mm-hmm. Most people live either in the future or in the past. They're never here, right? So anxiety is a fear of the future. You know, regret is hating your past. But, okay, well, I did a Facebook video and it sucked. Okay it's past, right? You don't mm-hmm. need to live there. You're here. Okay. What's going to happen in the future. Isn't here yet. So what are you going to do now? So what now what I bombed? So what now what, you know what I failed? So what now what,
0: what did you yeah. learn? Right? That's it. I love that. Jason, I want to talk a little bit more. I you know, I know you mentioned the, uh, your, the big goal for this year is put an inch on the biceps, which, Oh yeah. Just, I just want to bless you for brawny, that. alarms. And I got a sick program that you might want to, might want to check into. I'll show it to you a little later. But hook a brother up, man. Hook a brother up. You got it. Um, so but I wanted to ask you, kind of in your the last couple of years of your life, what's been a game changer for you in your fitness routine? Anything that's been hot, hot, hot?
1: Man, the game changer for me is always the same thing. It's consistency. It's consistency. It's the thing that no one wants to do. I mean, you can go through 15 different programs on business, 50 programs on fitness a million programs on meditation, but if you don't fucking use the information daily, it doesn't matter. So the biggest lesson for me over the last two years, and I got to thank the guys over at Warrior, Wake Up Warrior for this, um, is just being gritty with the consistency. In the consistency, you'll create who you are, and that will then create the result. But if you don't have the consistency, you don't have anything. Simple as that.
0: And I mean, I think that, not just in fitness, but in literally every aspect of your life that you're trying to improve, grow, or impact, mm-hmm. that has to be the number one thing. Because you, like you said, you don't get results one day a week.
1: That's right. I mean, even your failures, like at the end of the day, like if I'm doing something consistently and it's not working, okay, well now I have a black box of consistency that's yielding a result that I don't want. I know not to do that type of consistency again. Right. I have consistency of doing, you know, the, the making of the bed, the brushing of the teeth, you know, the gratefuls that works for me. That's something that I, that I want to keep. Right. So it's just black boxing the, the result that you want, right. The consistency is your black box, but so many people stay, you know, they want to go around it. They want to go under it. They don't want to go in the black box, get your ass in the black box, do the work. And then the result on the other side will always be, the result of that thing that you did. And then you'll know, do I keep doing that thing or do I not do that thing? But I mean, when we have a culture of people who want everything now and the average attention span on Facebook is six seconds and you know, like it's what the last day of January and everybody's resolutions are already broken. Like at the end of the day, what do you expect? Like, I mean, it's life is just so easy in the modern Western world that so comfort, so much, there's so much comfort, so much ease, so much access to everything that you want. There's really not an incentive to go deeper. So, you know, in our project, we're looking for people who are desiring that, who want to wake up from this dead eyed zombie existence and have some semblance of being alive, some awake, some aware some alive like we talk about you know that's the thing that really gets me going and when i get around other people like that man it just elevates me that much more and then i have energy to give back to them right so building that little core group man and then and and like really investing energetically into one into one another and like challenging one another. like when i see you do something on facebook man like i want to match it and exceed it you know that's one of the beautiful things about it, but it's not in like, Oh, I hate Nate because he did this thing. blah blah. No, it's like that motherfucker. He took a step further than I did today. So I'm going to take two steps tomorrow. Right. It's motivation. And that, you know, comes from that drive to actually expand. It's a reminder. So I love being around that.
0: Yeah. And it's all love too. You know, when you get around to the people who are like, I want you to be better than me every single day. Cause I want, I want you to drag me up. You know, I want to come with you. You know, yep. I'm, I'm excited to see you win I don't like it doesn't it doesn't negatively impact me and then also like kind of going back to that scarcity mentality you said I feel like I came up kind of with that like just because this guy's having success means that I am not a success and that's not the case at all Mm. like a rising tide lifts all ships right
1: preach brother
0: Mm -hmm. And then kind of what, what you said about the um, like just kind of the way we are in the Western society right now. We have everything. We have all the comforts in the world. We have all the food. No one's been hungry since 1942 in, in the U.S. <laughs> David, yeah, exactly. Goggins, David Goggins said, said something really great at the end of his book. He said, like, it is so easy to be exceptional because everyone is mediocre right now. It's yes. so easy to be exceptional because mm. everyone else is not doing the work.
1: <laughs> that's it man, that's it. That that guy, I mean, he epitomizes, you know, like literally pushing yourself beyond all reasonable limits. And uh you know, there's probably an argument to be made for going too far, but at the end of the day he's right. Like I mean, we live in such a cushy environment that um I mean, just walk to any store, go into any store. I mean, the problem problems that we face here um health-wise are not because of malnutrition but of over eating right? imagine that like where in, where in history has that been a reality until just recent times right i mean it's unheard of and i mean to think that you know the the biggest problem is you know i'm eight, i ate too much and because i ate too much i've created these diseases of civilization inside myself the diabetes the cancers and all these sorts of things like is are diseases of indulgence yeah heart disease is the greatest killer um, in in the, in the modern Western world. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's not because life is hard. I mean, I just read Frederick Douglass's first book, right? Frederick Douglass, the, the escaped slave, right? He escaped slavery at 20 years old. Okay. He was, he was treated like livestock, like sold so many different bills of bullshit and like literally so cold that his feet would crack to the extent to where he could literally lay a pencil inside the crack. This guy lived to be 78 years old, okay? He was starved and beaten for the first 20 plus years of his life. And he lived to be 78. Okay, well, the average life expectancy today is about 78 years old. But people are dying way earlier. Why? Because they're indulging. It doesn't make any sense. Like, it's, it's a form of numbing out. Well, I don't have anything to do or, you know, Netflix is boring. So, you know, what chemical can I light up in my brain by eating this brownie? You know, all this bullshit. No, get off your ass, go do something,
0: right? Only boring people are bored. So mm-hmm. do something. Dang, Jason, I want to talk to you for another hour just because I'm just <laughs> so pumped about it. And I love what you said about Frederick Douglass though because he had literally every excuse in the world to, to fade into obscurity and be mediocre, you know? Um, owned by another person, you know, totally mm-hmm. marginalized, like mm-hmm. just all, all these things. And he wrote a book. How many of you know who were like, oh, I want to write a book?
1: He wrote multiple books, taught himself how to read, was actually yeah. teaching other slaves how to read um, using the Bible. Like, I mean, it's, I mean, it's insane. It's insane. He probably didn't
0: post up on his laptop at Starbucks either. <laughs> I'm, guessing, I'm just guessing there.
1: Well, I think this is interesting, and uh, I know we're running out of time, but I'll just share this because Tony Robbins says this a lot, and he said this to Al Gore when Al Gore was whining at the TED conference about losing the election. He said, it's, it's not a lack of resources. It's a lack of resourcefulness. And, and this is fucking gold because when you think about it, like Frederick Douglass, I'll use him as an example. He was moved around from, you know, a uh, family member to family member owned by this person and that person. And when he moved into the city, um, and had access to like, um, you know, spelling books and, and, and writing books that the other, that the other kids would leave lying around used, He would actually create challenges with the other white kids in the street like spelling competitions. He knew he wasn't going to win the spelling competition, but he also knew he was going to learn something, right? So he would intentionally egg them on and challenge them to read with him or challenge them to write with him. And in that way, he learned how to read and write enough to get himself a pass and slaves another pass and to get himself out. So it's pretty cool.
0: That's, that's unbelievable. I'm gonna, I got I to gotta get that book, the name of the book for, from you.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I forget the name of the book. It's this first one. It's actually pictured on my Instagram.
0: I bet um, I could probably use the internet as a resource to figure it out.
1: Google it, man. Google it. Google it.
0: Awesome. Jason, thank you so much for your time, for coming on and sharing some of your wisdom with us. Uh, any, any quick thought you want to leave us with today?
1: No, man. I just want to say thank you. I appreciate you. I appreciate you having me on. And uh, if anybody uh, listening to this, you know, was kind of turned on by some of this information, be sure and jump into the Hardwater One uh, Facebook group. I'm sure Nate will link it up for you guys. Follow me on Instagram um, and uh, hopefully get to do this again. Chat some more.
0: We're going to have to because we got a lot of information we didn't even talk about.
1: (laughs) Sounds good, buddy. All
0: right, Jason. Thank you so much, brother. Talk to you soon.
1: All right, buddy. Take care.